sports fans betters and cappers and welcome to the daily competitive hedge podcast i am your host of the show kenneth cotterell and thank you all for joining me here on a lovely friday morning now this show is all about sports and the world of betting we talk about the results from yesterday's games and wagers before diving into today's betting plays now there's not a lot to highlight from yesterday because it was a down day for the show on Thursday night football, but we're going to get into that game, how our college football play went as well, and then we're going to dive right into the betting slate. We have a ton of games to get to. We've got EPL, we've got college football, we've got NFL, even some CFL and some golf as well, and so we want to get right into the show. So let's start out by talking about our sponsor, Bet99. Bet99 is a Canadian sportsbook and casino that offers in-play betting, player props, and many more great products. There are a variety of sports available to bet on the website, including those that I just mentioned right before this. Now, the website can be viewed in both English and French, and customer service is available 24-7 with their live chat option. And depositing and withdrawing funds is hassle-free with a number of well-known methods available to use so you know your money is safe, secure, using it on both desktop and mobile. Their mobile app can be downloaded from the homepage of the website. So go to bet99.com to make an account. Use code SHOOTERS at sign up to get started. And please gamble responsibly. You must be 19 plus years of age in order to do so. It is available to persons in Ontario only. And if you have questions or concerns, about your gambling or the gambling of someone close to you, please contact Connex Ontario at 1-866-531-2600 to speak to an advisor free of charge. Now, as I said, it was a tough betting day for the show. We go 0-3 last night. Maybe tried to get a little bit too cute with our bets on Thursday night football. As we said yesterday, we were on Cincinnati Moneyline, but didn't trust them to cover the four points. Now, we could have very easily bet down a point, would have been fine, definitely would have covered. In fact, we didn't even need the point. We could have just taken the outright spread and we would have won on the play. Uh, I think that we were hoping that Miami would keep it close. And unfortunately, the Tua Tagovailoa injury, prayers out to him. I hope that he's doing okay. Just a few days after it looked like he had a concussion on Sunday, he goes out there and plays on Thursday, takes a gruesome hit. And he looked to not be doing very well out there. Now, it does sound like he flew back with the team, which is a positive sign. But the questions are going to be asked whether he was supposed to be out there or not. I'm not a doctor. I'm not going to pretend to know. But it certainly didn't look good how he looked on Sunday and then have that happen on Thursday as well. So tough one for Tua. But uh, the Bengals do go on to win that game 27-15. to T. Higgins had a good night. Jamar Chase got involved in the offense. Tyler Boyd was throwing passes as well. Overall, the Bengals looked like the Bengals from a year ago. Now, we had the Joe Burrow over a half interception. Uh, and unfortunately, he just played great. 
20 for 31, uh, 287 and two TDs, uh, no interceptions on the night for Joe. We had picks from Teddy Bridgewater. We had picks from Tua, just not from Joe Burrow on the night. So maybe chasing that one wasn't our smartest play, but we'll go back to the drawing board for the weekend. And then BYU, we thought that they were going to cover easily. Uh, minus 24 was their spread at minus 115. And unfortunately, their defense gave up a ton of points, 26 points. We said we didn't think that Utah State would even cross 14, maybe not even 10 points. So the defense just didn't show up for BYU. The offense looked a lot better for Utah State than we expected. Uh, BYU wins the game, but they only win by 12. And that's what matters when you're betting these bigger spreads that we probably shouldn't have yesterday. Now, other results from yesterday and updates. Uh, it does look like Lonzo Ball's having knee surgery. We've talked about him on the show a couple times over the last week, and it looks like he's going to miss a few months. That's a huge blow for the Chicago Bulls, but hopefully he can get back to 100%. He's one of the better two-way guards in the league when he is out there and playing. And then we'll give a Sanderson Farms update for the PGA plays. Our winner play is not looking great through the first day. Russell Henley struggled on day one. He's sitting tied for 107th through the first day. Uh, we do have Tigala top five. He's tied for 88, so he isn't looking as good either. But you can turn it around really quickly on Friday heading into the weekend. You got Sam Burns, who's top 10 play at plus 145. He's sitting tied for 25th. And then our top 20 plays, we got Sepp Straka at plus 210. He's sitting tied for 14th. And Keegan Bradley, he's just on the outside looking in. Plus 185 was his value, and it's T25 for him. But as we said, we want to get right into our plays. We're going to start with our plays for Friday night and then dive into the weekend that's going to happen. So we're going to start with Saskatchewan plus nine versus Winnipeg at minus 115. Now, the Rough Riders, they lost by 34 the last time they played Winnipeg when they headed down there for the Banjo Bowl. That was only a couple weeks ago. It was learned by a good friend of the show, Britton Gray, that the players had a stomach virus heading down. And what he did say about this game was that they are missing three starters for this one. So I'm expecting this game to be a lot closer. Sorry, that's Winnipeg that's missing the starters to clarify, not Saskatchewan. So the game, I think it's going to be a lot closer here. Uh, the team's much healthier when they were healthier in Saskatchewan. It was a couple point game. And so I think that getting nine points at minus 115 is great value and that Saskatchewan will keep it close. Then you got the Lions and the Red Blacks. I'm taking the under 47 and a half at minus 115. Now, the Red Blacks are 14 and five in their last 19 going under in games and then seven and two in their last nine road games. They've gone under as well. So the Red Blacks are also the lowest scoring team in the league. They're scoring just over 20 points per game. And when you look at the Lions side of things, they still don't have their starting quarterback. So I'm expecting both teams to be in the high teens, low 20s for this game. Not a ton of points are going to happen here. And so I'm on the under at minus 115. I'm taking UNLV minus 13 and a half versus New Mexico. Now, 62% of the bets are on UNLV. But I see why, because I don't think that New Mexico can keep up with this high-powered UNLV offense. Now, the over-under sitting at just 44.5, I do think that UNLV is going to cross 30 points in this game. So if you like the over, I would tend to lean there as well, given my prediction. But I just don't know if New Mexico can cross 20 points. UNLV, they average 19 more points per game 
on the year. And so I think a Friday night game at home, the squad's going to roll against their Southern rival, and they're going to cover that nearly two touchdown spread. And then to cap it off, Washington versus UCLA, we're going under 66 and a half at minus 135. Now, 57% of the bets are on the over, but that's at 64 and a half. So we're buying a couple points here just to give ourselves a little bit more breathing room. Now, these are two high-powered offenses, but the defenses I don't think get enough credit. They're 60th and 49th in yards per game. And despite the fact that both of these offenses are top 20 in scoring, go look at their schedules. They haven't really played anybody yet. So I think now that they take on each other, uh, we're going to see this game be a little bit lower scoring than you might expect. I'm not saying that they're going to score 20 points, but I do think that a 34-28 or 31-30 game is definitely not out of the question here. And so buying a couple points there to get it up to 66 and a half, I feel comfortable rolling with that under 66 and a half. Now let's go and look at the weekend betting plays. We're going to start with EPL, then dive into our college football and then cap it off with our NFL plays for the weekend. Now we may add a couple more plays to this. This is why you need to go follow all of our social accounts at HedgePod because we may find some line values that change between now and Saturday, even on the EPL side of things on Sunday and NFL as well. So we want to make sure that you're following us in case we decide to make some changes. Don't go and bet these right now. Bet the Saturday one Saturday morning and bet the Sunday one Sunday morning as well because a lot can change. So let's start with our EPL slate. I'm going to start with the Tottenham Arsenal game. And I'm taking the Tottenham double chance that we talked about on the show at minus 143. Now, 62% of people are on Arsenal money line, which is pretty surprising. But I think a lot of people look at the standings, they see the name Arsenal, and they think that they're the much better side. But I still think that Arsenal are vulnerable. I'm not going to say that they're going on to win the league. And I actually think Tottenham are the better side here. Now, This is a North London derby, and what that means is it always brings out the best of both teams. I think Harry Kane has the possibility of getting on the score sheet here. I also don't think Arsenal's backline is good enough to shut out Tottenham, so Tottenham has the potential to snag multiple goals here. I think they could win it outright, but getting the double chance at minus 143 I think is really great value here. Just to pick up a result in a rivalry game is always a good bet. Then I like Crystal Palace double chance versus Chelsea. We keep talking about this one, but Chelsea have been vulnerable all year, and this is a road spot for them that I think could expose that. I've been really high on Crystal Palace since a couple games into the season. Shout out to Walker Bailey over at Off the Ball Network. We've been talking a lot about this Crystal Palace side and how they have the potential to finish top six. They could be that sixth team in the EPL this year, and so... I think that they're going to show up. This is going to be a game where they're going to prove that they have the potential to do so. We saw them have a 2-0 lead on Manchester City at half earlier in the year. They unfortunately blew that lead, but Chelsea doesn't have that kind of scoring. And so Crystal Palace at home to get a result at minus 112 against the Chelsea side. I'm not sold on. I'm all in on that play. Now, this is my favorite EPL play, but I get concerned when 78% of the bets are also on this play. That being West Ham money line against Wolves. Now, I've talked a lot about the fact that Wolverhampton can't score. They've only scored three goals this season. Guess who else has only scored three goals this season? West Ham. So I think that this West Ham side, they've played a difficult schedule out of the gate, and this is a good spot for them to get out of the relegation zone and get back to being 
in that upper half of the Premier League like they should be and like we expect them to be this season. I think we're going to see them score multiple goals in this game, even despite the fact that Wolves are as good at the back as they are. And so I'm taking West Ham money line at even money. And then Sunday, we are taking Manchester United. Yes, I'm wearing the shirt for Manchester United, but we're taking them plus one and a half versus Manchester City at minus 120. City have been heavily favored in this rivalry the last number of years, and how could they not be? United doesn't win trophies, and City always wins the league. So when I look at this one, United have often found a way to get an outright win or a draw, even on the road. So I think the fact that you can get a full goal in a game like this is definitely huge. Now, the reason why I say wait up until Sunday to bet this game is a lot of this hinges on what lineup United rolls out. If they go put Harry Maguire out there at the back, fade it all together, go bet Manchester City, take the spread on Manchester City because this United team at the back is completely different when it's not Harry Maguire back there. And so Holland likely is going to score in this game. He scores in every damn game for Manchester City. But I do think that they are also prone to give up goals at the back. And so in games like this, that's where I look to a guy like Ronaldo to maybe come in and score a goal for United. They need to score one, though, if they're going to cover this spread because holding City to one goal is not going to happen. If you can get a goal, you lose two to one. You can live with that, hoping to get a draw out of this game. But I like Manchester United at plus one and a half. Now, when we dive into college football bets for the weekend, we're going to start with A&M plus four versus Mississippi State. Very popular bet right now is Mississippi State. 66% of the people are on them, but... Let's talk about AM, the fact that they didn't deserve to win last week. Arkansas outplayed them, but we are talking about a team that in back-to-back weeks beat Miami and beat Arkansas. Both were ranked teams, and so now they have a chance to beat Mississippi State and head into that game with Alabama next week. Now, road spot always concerns me, but I think that they're going to cover this at plus four. I think they have the potential to win outright as well. People are calling this a letdown spot because they might be looking ahead to Alabama, but I think that A&M gets the result despite the fact they haven't looked great recently and they roll through. Michigan minus 10.5 versus Iowa. 55% of the bets are on Michigan, but Iowa's offense is so bad and I don't care that Michigan are on the road for this game. I do think that Michigan looked pretty bad last week, But as Jeff Hunt says over at Off the Ball Network, all that matters is the loss column. They currently don't have any in that column, and I don't think that's going to change against the Hawkeyes this week on the road. I think this is a two or three score game and that Michigan wins and covers. I'm also going to take Arkansas plus 17 versus Alabama. Now, 62% of the public are on Arkansas, and I think that the fact that they're at home, they are ranked for a reason. I talked about the fact they should have beat A&M last week. I think that this is a good spot for them to at least keep it close for the first half, if not the first three quarters, before Alabama pulls away by a score or two. But I still think that this is only a 10 or 14 point game. I think 17 is a lot. Everyone will say, well, it's Alabama. But I think that Arkansas will cover that at plus 17. And then the final college football play that I have is number 22, Wake Forest, plus six and a half versus Florida State. Wake Forest gave Clemson a great run last week, and I do think that they are the better team here. Uh, Florida State is the undefeated team, and so they're getting a bit of a bump there. But I like the Demon Deacons a lot more. They won 35-14 to in this game last year. 
And so I think at worst they cover this year and that we're talking about Wake Forest potentially being a team that could win the ACC. Now let's talk NFL Sunday bets. We got five on the slate for the NFL. And so these are the five that we're rolling with. Starting with the Jets plus three and a half versus Pittsburgh. Yes, I'm betting on the Jets because Zach Wilson or Joe Flacco, who gives a crap who's back there? I think that they're going to cover this spread. I don't think that the Jets get enough credit for the fact that they've already beat Cleveland this year. It's a Deshaun Watson-less Cleveland, but that's a great roster outside a quarterback. And I don't think Pittsburgh are very good. Pittsburgh also lost to that same Cleveland team on Thursday night. So I think that Pittsburgh are frauds. I don't love Trubisky. I think the offense overall struggles, and I think the Jets could go in and pick up a win, but I'm going to take the plus three and a half. The fact that I can get more than a field goal there, I feel really good about. I'm taking the Eagles minus six and a half versus Jacksonville because I'm not hopping on the Jags train. I think that they typically beat Indianapolis. I think that Justin Herbert didn't get to practice with the team all week, and they were able to take advantage of an underprepared Chargers side. So I think on the road, you're taking on an MVP favorite in Jalen Hurts, and I think they get exposed with a double-digit loss here. I don't think that they're going to win this AFC South. I think that this is still the Colts' division to lose. If not the Colts, then Tennessee. This is still the third-best team in the division, despite what the records say. And I think that the Eagles win and cover on Sunday. I'm also taking Cardinals' money line versus the Carolina Panthers. I still don't believe in Carolina. They took my coin the first couple weeks. Then last week they go out and win. But I think that Arizona might still be a playoff team, might be the sixth or seventh seed. But I still think that this is a playoff team. Uh, They are on the road. They don't have uh, DeAndre Hopkins. But Arizona, they still have plenty of weapons. We saw it last week with Hollywood Brown. Zach Hertz has gotten involved early in the offense. And so I don't think that Carolina's offense can keep up with this Arizona side. I think Arizona is going to put up 28 points, and I don't think Carolina can catch up. So I'm going to take the Cards money line on Sunday. I'm also going to take the Green Bay Packers minus nine and a half versus New England. I talked about the fact that if this line got below 10, then I felt pretty good about it. And now I would be able to get it at minus nine and a half at minus 110. The big reason why it's dropped is because Mac Jones is going to try and go in this game. Even if he does go, though, does that really change a lot for this game? They're on the road. Uh, He's going to be not mobile at all. And so I think that that high ankle sprain is going to give him some problems. He's going to try and tough it out. And if he doesn't end up playing, this line's going to go back up to minus 10 and a half. And we're going to see Brian Hoyer out there, who at best is going to put up 14 points. And Green Bay being at home, I like to believe they can go and hang 30 on this New England side. This is not a loaded New England roster like we've seen in years past. And they don't have the weapons in order to go out and do it without him and so I'm taking Green Bay to win and cover at minus nine and a half and then the last one we're taking this is one that we want to monitor closer to uh Sunday kickoff this is the Sunday nighter Tampa Bay money line versus Kansas City at minus 110 and the big reason we want to monitor it is strictly the injury report on the Tampa Bay side we've seen a lot of injuries whether it be Chris Godwin Julio Jones has missed time I want to see if these guys are going to be back. We know that Mike Evans is going to be back coming off the suspension for this Buccaneers side, but they are at home. If they get the boost of Chris Godwin as well, I think this offense looks completely different when he's out there. Tom loves to throw the underneath routes to him and Fournette. And so I think that they have an opportunity to go out and win this game. Kansas City, they're going to come in. They're going to look to avenge that embarrassing Super Bowl loss from a couple years ago. 
but everyone's counting Tom out. And when you count him out, that's when he performs. I think he does so on Sunday night football when the lights are brightest. He struggled against Rodgers last week, but he had no weapons then. He's going to have improved weapons this week, and we'll see Tom in full force this week, or as I like to call him, handsome Squidward. So keep an eye out on social media later today and tomorrow as well. We may cook up some more plays, as I said. Uh, we may do an afternoon episode tomorrow, bring Spit and Picklets back in. We were able to cook up that big four-team touchdown parlay as well as a player prop parlay. That may become a part of our weekend slate as well. So keep an eye out for that. And we appreciate everyone who tuned in on this Friday morning. Thank you once again. And go and give us a five-star review on Apple and Spotify. And we will see you guys on Monday or Saturday for the Competitive Hedge Podcast.